Welcome to the We Are Live Fancast. And now, your hosts, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 14 of the We Are Live Fancast. Today we'll be covering We're Live, Chapter 39, Part 3 of the Zombie Audio Drama. Who the heck are you? I'm Mick. Hey! Hey Mick! And I'm Redbeard. Cool. Sounds like your beard's scratching up the mic. Just kidding. Not at all. I was going to be funny, but then I thought you might think that I was really being serious. But you were. Because I'm always like the mic uh, Nazi. Just for the rest of the audience, we are completely socially awkward and uh... Things like that make me uh, very sensitive to my roundings. <laughs> sensitive to your roundings? Surrounding. Surrounding. That was even better. Thanks! <laughs> Thanks! <laughs> okay. Uh, before we get on to this crazy detail field, filled, field, aroundings, filled <laughs> show. <laughs> It's getting late, people, and it feels an hour later, too, so whatever. Uh, corrections. We don't really have a lot of corrections, except that uh, We Are Live tweeted to us after last week's show, after we had talked about, or Redbeard had pointed out that Victor had done something, and we couldn't quite figure out what it was, and I didn't even remember it, but uh, We Are Live tweeted, Victor's foul-up has yet to be discussed, but it will be something during the four-month gap, which, that's you know, and that's interesting. At least, At least we know that they didn't go from four months or from four months ago to today, and everything is exactly the same. You know, at least something right. happened in that gap. I'm sure there'll be more too. Dang it, Victor! <laughs> what what did what did Victor have done? Slept with pegs. Oh, <laughs> he uh. I'll go ahead and mention it here. You know, I mentioned something about biodiesel last time, and Casey wrote us back saying I'm aware of biodiesel, but either way. It's still a fleeting resource for long-term. Using food for fuel is counterproductive. And that wasn't necessarily pointing all out to the crops that they're growing right now, because yes, that would take a ton to produce any amount of oil that they could use for the for grain and body sales. But um, what I was saying was like, you know, the actual grease traps at restaurants throughout all these cities. I mean, there's got to be tons. I mean, there's probably thousands of gallons of of grease, use grease that they could use. You're talking about like go to McDonald's and grab the grease out of the French fry machine because the zombies were attacking. Yep, and then they got the they got containers outside the restaurants that are full of grease too, that companies would have normally come by and picked up. And so, okay, I, so I don't know, they, I don't know. Go ahead. Would they store it in like five gallon buckets or what? And and how much, how many tanks of gas would that be? I'd have to go back and do the math, but I mean, if you got thousands and thousands of gallons of, you know, used cooking oil used in fryers, it, it it's gonna make plenty to for it to be feasible. But there's not thousands and thousands of gallons at each fast food restaurant, is there? Not at each one. You'd have to go around to all of them and gather it. And what they are is they, it looks like a dumpster, but it's like a completely metal container, and uh, it'll be full of it. Oh wow, okay. Because I was trying to picture, I was like, well, if they're just going and taking a truck, emptying out the one French fryer thing of stuff, I was, I was thinking, what are they going to do? Like, get double the gas it took to get there? I didn't really know how much grease there would be. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's probably going to be a couple hundred gallons at e- each restaurant. Okay. And that's going to make quite a bit. Because you guys, I mean, a lot of people that make it at home, they do it with 50-gallon drums, and they're getting a, they're getting a, probably 5 to 10 gallons out of that. I have to go look it up for sure, but they're they're getting quite a bit out of it. I mean, it's not a ton of work for a little output. Yeah. And, I mean, and all you really need to make it is, is lye or Drano. And um, methanol, or like the stuff that you see in the automotive stores called heat, or in uh, hardware stores, it's called denatured alcohol. Cool. You know, there's, you know, that kind of thing. Very cool. And we also got a couple new iTunes reviews. We actually have two to read this week. Uh, one is called A True Fancast, and it's by Josh Austria. He says, uh, I encourage everyone to give these guys a chance, a true voice for the fans. You truly get the feel uh, how much they are fans and that they really care about the opinions of other fans. Thank you, sir. Uh, appreciate those kind words. Huge thank you. Yes. And the next one is, well, that first one was five stars. This one's five stars. L.A. Nightmare, it says, This show is great for hardcore fans like myself who just can't get enough of We're Alive. These guys do an awesome job. Thank you, sir. Or ma'am, possibly. Sweet. And guys, we really appreciate that. That It's very motivating to hear good, positive feedback. It is. And we also have two other reviews, so brought us to a total of six total reviews. We appreciate you guys going out there and doing that and helping contribute to our show as well as you know the feedback you guys give us. But I told Redbeard before we started the show that if we were able to interact with like five other people through this show, that personally I would consider it a success. Yes. And we're not like burning down any iTunes charts or anything like that, but I'm just I'm kind of humbled by how outstanding the We're Live community is and we are in our own minds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're feed burning the right. But and I never really thought there'd be much if any response from the creators and actors, which I've been blown away by that as well. So thank you to, you know, the fans and creators and uh, actors all alike. But that's all I have for this uh, McRed Network introduction. Ready to move into our scene-by-scene coverage? Yes, I am. All right. So this is going to be kind of a funny uh, scene-by-scene coverage because it's just all, I mean, there's multiple scenes, but it's just its just the one group that we're following. And just so you know, remember there's going to be spoilers from Chapter 39, Part 3. If you haven't heard that, go listen to that first. Chemical Reactions, Part 3. Following the trail. Mm-hmm. It's going to start out with Michael, Puck, Robbins, Carl, and Muldoon, and they are outside of Radon Labs. This scene is has them outside of Radon Labs and then also kind of entering a shipping warehouse. Is that what you gathered? Yeah, it was like a delivery area, bay door or something like that. Right. It, it was like a you know the roll-top type doors. Yeah, I just didn't get how, why there was a laboratory right there also. This kind of didn't make sense to me. Well, this sounded like this is where they get stuff in and ship things out. Right. There's a lot of places that have shipping areas. Yeah, I guess being in the middle of an industrial complex, there's going to be a lot of that going on. Yeah, they probably just repurpose a building that was originally something more manufacturing. Anything important about this being like cylindrical towers and plain white buildings and all that to you? Nope, I think it was just painting a picture. Yeah, I didn't catch anything out of that. It said it was in the city of Vernon. And I looked on the maps. I didn't really see anything that just stood out. There were a couple of white buildings. Was that near Santa Monica by any chance? Uh, you know, I don't like, know. Was it on the west side of L.A.? 
Um, we have something that that could tell us. Hmm. What could that be? The internet. Vernon, California. Let's see. Now this is important because I'm I'm gonna play a clip at the end of our coverage here. Oh, it's north of Huntington Park, and it's south of Los Angeles. Hmm. So it is not Santa Monica. What do you know? I am zoomed out quite a ways, and I can see all of L.A., mostly, Inglewood, everything. There's a Lisa Elliott's acting studio popping right up. I wonder if that's pulling from my... Well, it's because you're a creeper. Must be. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have it showing up on mine. (laughs) That's beautiful. I'm going to screenshot this. This is awesome. (laughs) Copy. Throw this in in my little personal notes. Whoa. Tangent. Tangent problems. (laughs) <laughs> tangent problem? Yeah. What now? Tangenting way too much. <laughs> it's okay. So how about that, Elisa Elliott? She's a wonderful gal, and she's got a great acting studio. And, oh yeah, we're alive, chapter 39, part 3. <laughs> <laughs> and Puck asks, why would Wayne, Randy, why, why would Wandy come here? Wandy. Kaylee has no idea what Radon Labs made. I mean, they are a pharmaceutical company. There wasn't a whole lot in this first segment that I got, except... Other than the description of radon and the the funny little joke about preparation aids because there's a pallet of preparation aids there. <laughs> yes. They're loading it up. I just kind of made a little note. Hopefully that hasn't been sabotaged because you wouldn't want the zombies to be given tainted preparation aids out. Very true. Then Nothing I, worse than hemorrhoids in the apocalypse. You know? <laughs> I imagine probably not. I began to wonder, maybe that's the origin of the zombie apocalypse is this Radon Labs Preparation H. Butt cream. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. So let's go inside Radon Labs. Okay, so Carl and Muldoon stayed with the truck, and Michael Puck and Robbins went into the lab. Alrighty. Michael Puck and Robbins, you're going to the interior of the lab here? Yes, and to the cube farm. Yes. And they got medical rooms and stuff, and different little lab-looking places, and cubes, office areas. And everything's covered in layers of dust. And they're beginning to think they're running into, um, that it's going to be over. And pretty soon they're just going to be getting a date, regular old day job from CJ. Yeah, Michael's already been arguing with CJ over this, this situation. Mm-hmm. And they're, what they're doing, their research that they're doing. So they're pretty sure that she's going to put a stop to everything, all their little side projects, and make them come back to the colony and run security. Yep, and one thing I, I did catch out of this that I liked was Puck mentions that, hey, it might not be so bad, at least, you know, if we're all still together. And I was like, okay, cool, you know, these guys are tight, and for some reason that makes me warm and cuddly with got a little, I have a little kinship here between them. <laughs> look out, look out, Robbins. Mick wants to cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> Only when it's cold. <laughs> so then, I'll, you know, Robbins catches a whiff of something. It's not food. I'm like, you know, mean puck. He's so rude. <laughs> that was hilarious. When you're hungry, your senses do heighten. Mm-hmm. Well, he smelled it before anybody else. Then, then Michael kind of smelled it, and finally Puck catches up. But he was he was the one that said he was hungry to begin with. Gosh. Well, <laughs> he just wanted to puck, drop a couple jokes on him first. Puck didn't want to feel left out, so he said, yeah, I can smell it too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, they go into an area, and there's... They said the carpet was wet. I thought that was... I was like, man, what? I'm starting to paint a picture of what happened here. Yeah, so the carpet's wet. It's freshly wet. And there's cubicles upside down. Yeah, drawers are pulled out. 
The whole place is just trashed. It's computers destroyed. They're taking pictures, and there's, I guess, bottles all around. Somatropin and Stanzolozolo. Yes. Uh, do you know what these are? Yes. Well, one more, and they said, and another one, and I wrote T's, because I don't know if they're, like, leaving that one out for some reason. But I doubt it. They probably just didn't want to name yet another type of uh, steroid or HGH. Yes. I thought that was very interesting. And now this, that the whole list of drugs starts breaking down when they, as they make their way to the office with the tape on the door. Mm-hmm. Michael spots the office with the police tape on it and a padlock that's kind of hanging off of the door frame. And as they're going through here and looking through the stuff in the office, Puck says, did we just find something? And Robbins says, I think we did. And all, <laughs> all I could think about was, huh? We just found a clue. Whose clues? Blue's clues. <laughs> because it's all happy. Like <laughs> it, it was such a turn from when they were all bleak, talking about having to go back and kind of play dog to CJ. And <laughs> did your kids watch uh, Blue's Clues? Yeah, uh, my oldest did for a little while. The youngest one hasn't quite gotten into it. Okay. So uh, I'm pretty sure I'm on a watch list of some kind, of, along with the rest of the people that went and googled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all these anabolic steroids and somatropin being human growth hormone. Oh, HGH. Yes. So did you find uh, Megas? I did not. I looked up, was it Megas and Aranish or something like that? Yes. Puck has a an accent and it makes it hard because I thought he was saying Magnesh, mm-hmm. which is funny enough because it came up with Benzol Magnesh. And I was like, huh. But as I look more through it, I also came up with Megas, because I, I couldn't determine which one he was saying. But Megas is a is acetate tablets, which is funny, because it relates back to some of the stuff that I looked up before and mentioned in the uh, the first part of this chapter. Uh, but it's an appetite stimulant, and it's used to treat cancer. And so I thought that might be related because of the tumors in the, in the behemoth. And the appetites, making them starving, that's why they're going to eat people? It, yeah, I guess it makes them want to eat. I guess that's that's part of it. Could could it could contribute, but if it's magnesh, it is a form of cell permeation which ties into the ben, the benzene rings and stuff like that. The this word has many meanings, and I, I didn't know if this was part of it too. If it's uh, magnesh, also means the act of performing good magic, sleight of hand, and illusion. It's also the art of misdirection. Huh. Red herring? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is this? <laughs> Man, maybe maybe he is going to make us mad doing all this studying and getting on watch lists for nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. <laughs> so, okay, then the next chemical was Arenis. Arenis? <laughs> I have Arenish. I didn't. Arenish? No I couldn't find anything on that, but the closest thing I could find was. A-R-E-N-I-S, and I'll put all this in the show notes. I think notes. I found his Twitter page. That's about it. Well, the the what I came up with was there's... Uh, the the word has double meanings. Uh, it, it means arena, which ties back to earlier chapters. And it also means hydrocarbon, which ties back to the chemicals that I mentioned two episodes ago. I thought this was kind of interesting because they talk about rings that form, what's like the benzene rings. Mm-hmm. And it talks about the aromatic compounds, and uh, known as a benzene ring. So Did they I mean, talk it, about this. 
Huh? They talk about benzene rings and stuff like that. That goes back to the some of the theories about the the tattoos on the pinstripe suit guy. Oh, okay. Is it, that that's right? form is, stuff, right? Yeah, that's part of the form stuff. But okay, because <laughs> what what right. no, but what's funny is that last episode when they said the the chemical fo and that's all they had. Right. It led me down that track, and I ran across the same stuff that had been posted to the forums, and that. So I'm. This is bringing it back around. This is directly related but i'm just wondering if this whole thing is for not like if there's nothing it just has nothing to do with anything because the art of misdirection little reference well i'll have to note that for the question i'm going to ask after we cover this okay then it's kind of i guess we can i can kind of mention it now we can think about it as we're going on so i really didn't want to spring it on you too much but how does what happened in this episode affect the case is Randy going to help the survivors, and did he drop the bag as a clue kind of thing? But we can talk about that after. Oh, yes. I I, I thought about that while listening to it. I started wondering. But So we, we come across the next chemical, and that's the statin. Yes. And did you find anything on this one? Oh, yeah. that was the big, that's, This is the big one that I think is going to be the one that uh, matters if any of them do. Now you're scaring me. Maybe it's the red, red herring. But, yeah, uh, statin. I found a, a whole lot about this, actually. It's much easier to find, especially since he spelled it out at the end. Uh, but 2009, there's some research. Oh, basically what, what it is is it inhibits myostatin, which is something that inhibits muscle growth. And so if you you know are able to use this through gene therapy, the folostatin, then it stops myostatin from inhibiting that muscle growth, which is you can, you, could, you know, of course you're going to have more muscle growth and increased strength. In 2009, research showed with monkeys whatever, that they could do that. And they were going to begin testing, you know, human trials in 2010. And then I, I started looking up, you know, any kind, of, any kind of human trials. And I found an article from, um, I think it was a myostasis website. And it's from this year, June 10th, and talking about the, the human gene therapy trials they're going to do with Folostatin uh, Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, wow. For people that have some kind of muscular problems. Well, I mean, I... Hopefully this doesn't start the zombie apocalypse, but I'm sure it's gonna. I'm sure it actually has a great. <laughs> I'm sure it's a really a, a great thing for people out there, but it can also be something fun for our imaginations in the story. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting. I read a study about its use to control the growth of muscles in mice, and all I could picture was some buff mice running around. <laughs> <laughs> Purple pants, painted all green, hulking out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all I had on the chemicals. I'm sure I could go down this rabbit hole forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't feel like I want to spend a whole lot of time after finding that, that one definition. And honestly, with my the way I used to listen to the show before I was you know preparing to talk about it, was I would have I waited for the show to tell me what it was going to be, unless something really grabbed me, you know. Because eventually they are going to come out and say what most of this stuff is that matters at least. Oh, yeah. I, I probably would have done the same before. So I'm kind of glad that we're doing this. Yeah, it is. It's, it's increasing my personal enjoyment of the, the We're Alive experience. But let's see. What else happened this scene? There's police tape. Have we already got to that office? We've gotten to that office. There's police yes. tape. And as the Marty T's in this clip we're going to play later. But yeah, we're definitely going definitely gonna to talk about that later. 
cool. Oh, uh, something we didn't mention was the paper said something about Downey R&D. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Yes, Robert Downey Jr. Oh. That's where they make all of his drugs before he came clean. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Downey R.D. So I'm assuming that R.D. means research and development, but it's got the same address as Radon, I think. Show correction for next time. Yeah, I was. I meant to look this up. I thought it was going to be like um, some kind of prescription abbreviation. Uh. Registered dietitian? No, probably not. Like not medical doctor, but. Oh, it's a it's a road. Downey Road, huh? So maybe that's the. The address for that place. Hmm. Downey Road. Where are we? Vernon, Vernon California. California. Well, there is a Downey Road in Los Angeles. It says it doesn't say Vernon. Uh, there's one at 333 South Downey Road, Vernon, California. We're, so we're talking about this office. There's the chemicals and junk like that. But there's a name. They have W.I. Roberts. They also think this is familiar. And it's got police tape. Not a whole lot else going on in there except for storage cabinets, whiteboards, whatever. But we've got the, the Follistatin in there. What else? Was there anything else about his office that we need to talk about before we get to the end where they, where they really pull out his name and everything? The piece of paper they found with the symbols on it. Right. They're probably the same tattoos that he has on him. Yes. Which is the same. Now, this is the guy that they talk about in the wiki that could possibly be the pinstripe suit guy. But we don't, I don't think we know that for sure. We don't know that for sure, except that this guy... As definitely mentioned, this guy is Ink. At least his, he has a, he shares the same name as Ink, and and the police tape's there for a reason. Yes, which comes up later on. Well, no, it doesn't. But they they start talking about his name in full later on. Yes. So we'll talk about that more later. Absolutely. So we get the escape from Radon during the attack. Escape from Radon. So Michael, Robbins, and Puck make it back out to the. Uh, the shipping area, and the little one is, or one of the little ones, is chasing the truck around. And it's different. It's 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 white. It's wider than normal. It's taller than normal. And I'm, I was wondering if this was the guy that was in this recently wet area of those chemicals, if these chemicals are causing them to grow larger. Hmm. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, did you say white? Yeah, they said white. Oh. I think they said white. I've got it in my notes, at least. Yeah, Michael said that he couldn't identify the number on its arm, but it did have a tattoo. So I don't think it's a new one or anything like that. And while they're driving around, they they rupture a tank and chemicals go everywhere and splash on the little one. Gets on everything, really. Yes. And they scurry to the vehicle to avoid being right in the middle of it. Yeah. I think the vehicle came to pick them up because they had to get on top of some pallets. Right, right, right. Inconsequential, but um, so they put a couple rounds into his chest, and I thought, I thought at this moment they're gonna find, oh, this chemical, whatever this is, is a new weapon. It's, it makes them. I thought so too. It's gonna make them a lot easier to to penetrate with bullets. I thought what was going on was that the uh, there was some, it was something to do with the chemicals inside, inside the office, and that this would be. Yeah, something that would make their muscle tissue just tear apart. And I was like, no, dummy, it's 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 a it's it's a tanker full of acid. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, shoot, if they find out whatever this is, and it's something they can hit them with before they shoot them. Problem is, is that 
it melts everything, tires and all. Right. There's got to be some kind of base they can hold it in. Art and art thing. I don't know. Yeah. They're they're driving off and Robbins dropped the piece of paper with the clues on it. Twice. <laughs> yeah, he left it in the <laughs> office to begin with, and then on their way out, they uh, he dropped it while in the vehicle. And he realizes he had a picture of it too. Once they go back to get it, <laughs> <laughs> when they stop, this is when they see the. Uh, this is when the tires melt, and you know they're all giving Robbins a hard time. But then it's mentioned that uh, it's probably best that it did it while they weren't moving. Otherwise, it could have caused the vehicle to flip or something like that. Yeah. So now they're on foot carrying the 50 cal. And they mentioned that where's the nearest safe house. And lucky for, luckily for them, it's like two blocks away. Lucky, lucky, lucky. So they get there. What if they go up to the third floor to get a defensible position? Yes. And Robin says, aim it at the door. Folks like, yeah, okay, I got that. <laughs> Poor Robin's. <laughs> So, at this point, we find out that Robin's got some of the liquid on his arm, and I'm hoping that this is the stuff from the tanker. I think I think that's what it is. I believe so. I think that's the general consensus out of the group, uh, because Michael says to put baking soda on it. Right. To neutralize the acid. All right, so they're looking at this paper. You know, once they get the little defensible position... Yeah, the waiting. zombies are cleared out. Yeah, they're waiting for hours. Y'all have heard this already. Uh, the paper markings... They look familiar, and there's you know some English words there. I like I think it was Carl that said that. Yes. And he but he then after that silly remark he says it looks like a shopping list. And Michael agrees. He agrees with them. Then they begin to think uh, you know check with Tanya about the Fallastatin. They could have checked with Redbeard. He's got it <laughs> taken care of. <laughs> but they begin to go back to this name on the desk, and that it's. The W.I. Roberts is William Isaac Roberts, and there's something familiar about that name. So yes, this is where I went onto the wiki and looked at what all the information they had on Bill yeah. Roberts. So let me, can I play this clip for you first? Yes, you can. The plea of insanity has been accepted in the case of Bill Roberts, nicknamed Ink, after his numerous tattoos that cover him from head to toe. Why are we Ink watching was convicted this? of multiple homicides outside wait. of Santa Monica last May. He is currently being transferred to a mental health facility. Yeah, I've already seen Doctors this. Doctors would confirm Here, that he is paranoid schizophrenic. You know, that the family itself... Okay, so that little bit that I just played for for you guys was uh, was from Chapter 2, Part 3, around the 21-ish minute mark. And actually, Casey tweeted that out because people were, you know, cu- curious about... They were curious about, you know, when were they going back and listening to the DVRs to try to find anything pertinent to that time. And so right. there was that story about the guilty plea, but he had killed the people like earlier, the, the year but prior. And then the next thing was, you know, there was riots in pretty much every major city across the world. And then an hour after that, it was silent. Everything was dead. There was no TV anywhere. It's really interesting. And the uh, mental health or like the mental hospital was what it, it's not too far from where the tower was in the armory. It's, it was, a ways away, but it wasn't that far away. Right. That's cool. I, I didn't have a chance to go back and listen to it, so I'm glad you had it. Yeah, I'm excited. And I was, I'll was i send you this that link to to throw into that section where we're listening to it so they don't have to hear, the. I'm sure, what was not the greatest quality. It sounded fun. Over this uh, I'll let you know. Okay, cool. So, yeah, he's a serial killer. And so when it, when I went back and started reading over this, I, I totally forgot it, where they got the information from. I forgot about the DVR. 
or the TiVo. But uh, <laughs> I didn't realize they call them ink. So that was interesting. Yeah, I'd forgotten that as well. As well and all. So that pretty much sums it up. That's most likely him. I can't imagine that not being the case. But I started wondering if uh, the people that he killed were test subjects. Hmm. Then when he tried to explain what was happening, you know, oh, you're, you must be crazy. Yeah. I'll have to go back and uh, re-listen. I didn't catch that he was a serial killer. I thought he was just killed a bunch of people, like, at once. Well, it, it, it said serial killer question mark in Wiki. Oh, okay. And it did uh, have him listed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Right. So, and it is convicted of committing multiple homicides. So it sounds like it was separate instances. And Santa Monica? Okay, just let me listen to this again. Where did it go? Ah, uh, not that, it's not that important. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, we kind of bounced around there, but... It's it's cool. I'm excited. It, it, it's We're opening up more and more information. Right, and we're finally getting to it. And it's it's strange to have that zombie story that's gonna try to take you back to the origin and not just be all about survival, which I do like that. And and but when we get to this and we start doing we start doing the fake science, you know, and stuff like that, it starts to get a little bit tricky. So just a couple things here that we didn't mention when they first got into the the safe house, and the Michael was talking about the uh, they all smelled like the acid. Or what are the chemicals that were coming out of the tanker? Right. And that it was masking their scent, which helped them to evade the zombies outside. And I, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And something that kind of ties back to what we talked about before. I guess CJ had it all rigged up because the landlines are in the safe houses, and they're all they all link back to different extensions that go back to Dunbar. I don't know if you caught that. I thought that was interesting too. Cause I, I did not catch that. I was wondering it because at first I thought it had something to do with the microwave link, but I, I'm I, now I'm thinking that these landlines are something that CJ had all rigged up. Okay, so that answers your question from why was there a phone ringing in the last episode, right? And it wasn't a sat phone; it was this. Right. So I don't know. Maybe they got the sat phone patched into all this stuff. I don't know. Huh. Yes. You ready to add, talk about how this information affects? Whether or not we think Randy is going to help the people, help the survivors, or be a bad guy? Yes. And would it make sense that he dropped this bag as a clue? Or did he really just drop the bag on accident? I think it's still open-ended, because, you know, they never... But what it, it still makes me think that he's probably trying to drop subtle clues, because we never saw him at this place. And I don't know if we've ever seen Randy with the numbered ones. Or with, you know, I don't know, like, here, at least here recently, we have not seen Randy with the pinstripe suit guy. We have not seen Randy with, like, the numbered ones or the behemoths. So, the fact that the, the numbered ones and uh, showed up to the lab, I'm, I'm starting to think that that is the case. That he's dropping clues as to what's going on. Yeah, he certainly helped them out with that. Uh, Whether intentional or not. <laughs> yeah, leading them... To to radon and checking this out i don't know i i still i'm thinking he's helping helping them it, i think it all points to that it makes it the most sense that this possible hybrid is helping them maybe that's what saul and tanya is going to turn into i don't know hopefully we'll get more information next chapter on this yes yeah 
So what's in a name? Chemical reactions. And honestly, I thought that the name chemical reactions was going to be a misdirection and make us, you know, think it would be something with the zombies, but really be about some kind of love between Michael and, and Pegs or Michael and CJ or somebody else, you know, some some kind of love thing, that being a chemical reaction in the brain and whatever. But no, we actually got some straight, <laughs> a lot of chemical uh, talk going on in this chapter. Although, <laughs> there's still an inkling to it being something that has nothing to do with the rest of it. You know, that, right. that warn about it being misdirection. I don't know. That kind of bummed me out when I found that. I was like, no, please don't be the case. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it might not be a misdirection about everything they talk, they cover. Maybe it's, if it's a misdirection at all of the red herring of, or something, maybe it would just be about one part of it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just a coincidence. But I, I thought when I found that and then I found the one that the Airness, that it was its alternate meaning is arena. I started thinking, hmm, what if this is all for nothing? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I hope it's not all for nothing. Did you pull any favorite lines out of the show? Uh, Let's see. Adam from Twitter did. He uh, tweeted this. He said his favorite line was Puck's, uh, a guy mentions food and this guy suddenly, you know, dot, 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 talking about his quote to Robbins. (laughs) Yeah. what you mentioned earlier. That's what I had down at first, but my favorite line is, it's not rocket surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Here's how dumb I am. I did not catch that until probably, I listened to this a bunch today because it was so you know interesting. I didn't catch that to the fourth time I listened to it. <laughs> and the, I was listening to it the least intently this time because I was like doing some dishes and some other things. And I was like, yeah, I'm just like, I guess I was saying in the back of my head, it's not rocket surgery. Not rocket. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't catch it the other three times, and I was listening like to every little detail. You have to be pretty smart to do rocket surgery. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> rocket surgery. But uh, and my favorite. Well, was it was it. funny. I, I got to give this little insight real quick. Is uh, yeah, I ran across a shirt that had that the other day. Uh, I have a friend that's a neurosurgeon, and uh, so we're we're gonna order the t-shirt for him. <laughs> I was like, that's just perfect. <laughs> it is. My favorite was also Puck. He's just dominating. Somebody said, grab the radio, and Puck said, beep that, grab the 50 cal. <laughs> oh, the other thing I liked, the other line I liked was uh, when they they were talking about the the zombies and the and the chemical spill. Mm-hmm. I forget who it was, but they said they're they're effing melting. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like a great scene to be brought back, brought to life. Mm, oh my gosh, yeah, that'd be disgusting. <laughs> All right, so bringing us to the rating, and I'm not even sure if we should even do ratings. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're terrible at it. We are. It's so every every one of them to me is so good. It's it's definitely a niche. Well, I think gonna... I think after this episode, the ratings will definitely reflect. This is like the mark that every episode needs to meet from here on out. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of puzzle to put together in the next, well, counting 40, I guess it would be nine chapters left. And it's still open-ended. Like, we didn't, we just learned new stuff. We haven't really answered anything. Nope. <laughs> and that's so, that's why Casey said we were going to hate him. So We're Live, Chapter 39, Part 3. I'm just going to go ahead and give this out. It's getting the We're Live Fancast Award for Podcast of the Week. 
Yes. <laughs> that would be a number that's, five for those that don't know. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. Gonna give that a five. You know what? We should just do that from here on out. Yep, that's a five. This is the, the World Life fan cast. I mean, come on, what do you expect? <laughs> right. Well, and my personal rating is four is really good. And five is, you know, knocks it out of the park, whatever. What did you give this one? I, I kept trying to think about it, man. I don't... See, there's your problem. <laughs> yes, that's is, is my problem. It was just, it was really good. I mean, it's stuff that we've been looking forward to. I mean, it's just it was 18 minutes of Michael and the military guys going around trying to investigate stuff. I loved it. I think it was, for in, pure enjoyment, it was a five. It was a five. I don't care what you guys say. I take it back. That's the that's the other podcast. I change all my ratings. They're all fives. They're all fives. <laughs> Even the ones that were you know out of ten back in the first few episodes. <laughs> yes. Those are now fives. <laughs> all right. I didn't catch any news this week, so the question of the week was: Who would you most like to see our fan cast interview next from the cast of We're Alive? And uh, Deanna said Datu or Skittles. I'd be all about Skittles coming on. I can't mm-hmm. I can't think of his name right now. What a punk. Yeah, I don't know it either. Adam Young says uh, Jay Oligario or Otto Sturk. Yes. Yep. I hope I hope we can get all these people on. Uh, Devon DeHaventon De Wilson says Tammy Klein, aka Kelly. And DeHaventon knows us already, but yeah, we we did get a chance to speak to Tammy this past Thursday, and she's awesome. <laughs> she is. I mean. And she's got so much. Uh, I mean, she know, she does everything. I mean, she could produce a, a whole show and movie by herself. It seems like. Oh yeah, Skittles is played by Bob Bergen. Bob Bergens. He does a ton of voices. Okay, sorry. I, I miss Skittles. I'm, when would when is Skittles gonna fit, fit back into this? The very end? Hopefully not. I don't know. He'll be he'll be a little bit reluctant to join the colony, but. Whatever. And then the Haventon also says Shane Salk. He'd like to hear about uh, Shane Salk. And the last one that came in, I think it was yesterday or today, it was from Kane Fridays. It says, guys, interview the woman who plays Scratch. I hate her. Which means she is one heck of an actor. Probably she's actually very nice. <laughs> and yeah, I've heard, she's, I think Miss Claire Doden said she was very nice. Yeah, very sweet. And then all of a sudden, things that come out of her mouth make you blush. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I look forward to that interview. Yes, and I uh, I don't know if we'll conclude this and so, but I I did email her today, and hopefully we'll get a reply back on that one. I hope so. <clears throat> Let's see. No more captions. We tried to have some more caption fun, but there wasn't there wasn't any any more additional captions for the uh, chapter thirty nine artwork. I think it was pretty well covered. Yeah, I had a few of them last last episode. Did you want to take it uh, with the listener mail and tweets? Sure, we got some we got some tweets for you. <laughs> Fresh from the oven. Yeah. Doofus Monkey writes, I would go to a farm and fleet store and grab a windmill to pump water, just like Grandpa used to for cattle. I would also be brewing beer and making moonshine, just for medical uses and store and to store water like old sailors. <laughs> right. And this is, I guess, his like halfway response to the biodiesel comment because that, well, at least he hit reply to that one 
Oh, okay. That's why you had them grouped together. My bad. Yes. No, no. They didn't really quite go together, but I think he was just talking about some fun stuff. Moonshine. Yes, yes. Medicinal purposes. <laughs> Somebody tweeted after that. Okay, so we're live. They uh, tweeted us about the Matagun, and they said it shoots ball bearings. Which makes some... so much more sense. Yes. So he said they're specific sizes, not automatic, but trigger-based. Sort of like a super paintball gun. Makes way more sense than uh, whatever rod shooting weapon I was picturing. And, yeah, you and I talked about this briefly before we started the show, and I, I thought for some reason it was shooting rods out of it, you know, like pieces of scrap metal or something. Yeah, I don't know where I got that from, but he also mentions, uh, Casey does, that, yeah, gunpowder, not feasible to make. Glad to see you agree. At Mark Davis 87 on Twitter writes, what do you think will happen to CJ when Michael finds out the real reason Saul and Vic were moved back to Dunbar? Well, after Victor's screw-up, I'm not sure he's going to be swapping sides as easily, whatever that screw-up is. <laughs> Yeah, and what might happen to CJ is he might start catching a tongue lashing from Michael, and then uh, I, I was going somewhere with that. And then Mike, <laughs> and then she was just gonna tell Michael, where, you know, where he can go if he doesn't like it to Dunbar, right? <laughs> so I don't, I don't think anything's gonna happen to her on that one. What a punishment! No colony people, no pegs. It, it sounds like heaven. <laughs> Go back and tell CJ where to shove it. <laughs> oh, there's going to be... There's got to be some kind of confrontation there. Uh, you know, I think with this new information, CJ is going to be Team Michael after this. And Either that, or for drama's sake, she's going to say, we got other things we got to do, and Michael's going to be like, no, we have some serious leads here. I think he's got enough clout after this one, enough information to say, you know what? We saw number ones, they're still active, they're still in groups, and he can tell her what to do after that. Good, I hope that does happen, but uh, I'm afraid for drama's sake we'll, we'll have CJ fighting for uh, the other. I'm done with that. Let's get on to answers and actions. <laughs> <laughs> Mark also asks us, uh, how do you think Bert will go? Because we talked about, you know, Bert's definitely going to die. <laughs> yeah. He said he agrees that he goes out with a bang, but how? Uh, well, I think that I am looking forward to seeing uh, the Bert and Scratch confrontation. Of course, there's so many possible Scratch confrontations with you know Riley and Pegs and all that. She's got to get. You, you would think she's going to get Pegs in a situation where she could possibly take her out before the end, and you know maybe Bert saves, tries to save her then, and he dies like that. I don't know. That's how I see it happening. It would be something with Scratch though. Where he, where he does get scratched, though. It'll be a car wreck. A car wreck. <laughs> Definitely be heart attack. <laughs> His diabetes is going to get him. Bang. His heart exploded. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure it'd be well written. See, Re Regan writes, Well, it looks like they found Ink's office. Leave it to we're alive to... What? Meet out, I guess. Meet out the clues? And then he says, W.I. Roberts. I got him. Yeah, maybe. Uh, see, he says, W.I. Roberts. Oh, William. Oh, Bill. Oh, Billy. Bill. <laughs> well, uh, last one I have here uh, is from Dawn at Dawn Snarks. She says, uh, this week on We're Alive, 
Zombie Roid Rage, and Michael's streak continues. And I, I tweeted her back and said, what streak are you talking about? And she just said of him just blowing things up, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever he goes, something blows up. And I do have another note that includes a tweet. It's just talking about the special shows. I spoke to Daniel from Twitter's at uh, Dead Reviews account today, and he expressed interest in uh, in us doing more special type shows. He said he listened to the Halloween show uh, on Halloween night, actually, while his newborn daughter was just a, a few hours old. And I'm not I'm not messing around here. He said the only time she was quiet was when he had our show playing. Yes, serenading <sighs> babies. Yeah, he said just he tweets just. Uh, he told me that today when we were talking, but he also told me, tweeted us, just finished the latest episode of my new daughter, and she didn't cry once, so she must like it. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> hey, Daniel, congrats on the birth of your little girl. Congrats. He also told me he, he's interested in, in hearing the Crow special that Grog had kindly said that he would do with us. Yeah, we need to hurry up and get him on here. We do. He's just been so busy here lately. And he, like many of We're Live's casual fans... Had, he'd never heard of this theory, but was really looking forward to hearing more about it. So, yeah, I would like to get get Grog on whenever he's available. Yes. Talk about that with him and have him tell us exactly what that's all about. Let's see. I also have at Adam WCGY said uh, he's uh, kind of fallen that trail back to the earlier episodes and he even pointed out Chapter 2. Three of three, three at uh, ten seconds left. He's talking about, you know, where they talk about Bill Bill Roberts and where that information came from, who who he was. But yep, yep. Let's see. And I I, I, I came across this on We're Not Dead. They were talking about a musical episode, and it was in their latest episode, episode sixty two, at the twenty three minute mark. They were talking about um, they're looking forward to Datu singing. They were talking about in February or something like that that they're gonna do a musical episode. Who was? It was uh, Nick Voodoo and two other guys who were on there. Oh, really? During We're Not Dead, they were talking about We're Alive doing a musical episode. Yes. I was like, why do we not know about this yet? I don't know if they're just pressing for it too, or if they know something we don't. Oh man, you know, I meant to ask Tammy about that Thursday. I totally slipped my mind. Yeah, I did, it did for me too. Oh man! And we didn't we didn't ask Tony Ray either. <laughs> I would have loved to hear his take on that. I bet that dude can sing. I bet he can too. Send us a clip. <laughs> we'll gladly play it for our outro music one time. <laughs> Many times. Who knows? It's the new intro music by Tony Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. That's well. Uh, that's all I got. That's all I have too. Hey guys, be looking out for our interviews with Tammy Klein and Tony Ray. Uh, normally we release special shows like this, uh, like these interviews or conspiracy theories, on Mondays. So uh, you can check your feed for that. I'm not promising it will be there this next Monday, but it might be there on Veterans Day. I don't know. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook. We'll keep you updated. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production. Blah.
Welcome to episode 14 of the We're Alive Ugh, chair. We should do that. We should we should insert like you ever listen to the radio and you hear they play like a sound of a diesel horn going off and it scares the crap out of you. We should just be us be talking and then blare a diesel horn. And then Randy had a red beard. <laughs>